Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. It's a Monday. We're going to get this week started right in just 60 seconds. Don't go away. Well, I was thinking of good yesterday. Took the church out to lunch. A lot of good folks at the cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It is so nice to have friends. And, uh, hey, you're a part of that. Love to have you on board, really. And thank you for being here today. Such a blessing and so many nice comments on our Facebook page that you never miss. Hello, world. Oh, a reminder, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, it's going to be Sherathon, WHCB. We're going to be in the Tri-City area. And already some are inquiring as to, can you come speak at our church? I would love to do that. Interested in having us at your church? Go to gregpatton.com, and I'll get back with you, my friend. Thanks a bunch. It is so nice to have friends. I mean that sincerely. And, of course, you know, I think I love you. What in the world is going on? Has he lost it? Is it mad bad? He's facing a lot of pressure in Moscow as the continued failure of Russian's army in the Ukraine is, uh, well, they may be turning on him. They say vultures are circling Vladimir Putin as that despot faces big trouble with his former team. Yeah, cronies of Putin are reportedly plotting a coup against him, while another trusted aide is lying low and preparing to act as kingmaker, according to new reports out there. In a further blow to Putin, there are claims his whiskey-loving foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, is drinking because he's depressed and is suffering major health problems. On top of this, there are reoccurring rumors of the dictator's poor health, with some believing he may have cancer and may be on his way out. Talking about Vladimir Putin. From our you-already-know department and least shocking story of the day, the head of the Border Patrol Union is warning that agents, already overwhelmed by the ongoing crisis at the southern border, are feeling completely defeated Ahead of ending Title 42 this week, amid widespread fears of an even bigger surge once the public health order ends. Oh, it's going to happen, my friend. We feel completely and totally defeated. The National Border Patrol Council President, Brandon Judd. You can go to any station right now, and there's just a whole lot of talk among the agents. It used to be that there was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of joking. People just pretty happy doing their jobs at the border. There's just nothing now. The Title 42 public health order, which has allowed for a rapid return of hundreds of thousands of migrants at the border since March of 2020 due to the pandemic, going to expire this Wednesday. My oh my. California's Governor Gavin Newsom, isn't he a Democrat? Isn't he a really liberal Democrat? He said it's going to break California. Really? What is this administration? They're not thinking they're morons. Well, what's fair? This is not fair. As a matter of fact, this is insane. I've said that for years. A federal court of appeals on Friday dismissed a challenge to Connecticut's policy of allowing transgender girls, males playing like they're girls, some real nutcases, to compete in girls' high school sports, rejecting arguments by four female runners who said they were unfairly forced to race against these male athletes called transgender. A three-judge panel, three-judge panel, upheld a lower court judge's dismissal of a lawsuit challenging that whole thing. The panel said the four girls 
The athletes lack standing to sue. In part, their claims that they were deprived of wins, state titles, and athletic scholarship opportunities were just speculative. And again, here's another case of morons running things. This is just, to me, unbelievable. Right? Have we lost it completely in this country? We're there. We're very, very close. Jesus is coming soon. Well, what do you know, Joe? Act like you know nothing. Should be easy for you to do. The Biden White House has so far remained silent, absolutely silent, as it weighs whether to block the release of a trove of documents from the Obama administration that may contain information about Hunter Biden's relationship with the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. The National Archives and Records Administration informed the White House on November the 30th it will soon release 300 emails in response to the Freedom of Information Act requested by all about everybody. Oh, yeah. Joey doesn't want anyone to see that nonsense. You know, we had a similar thing here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Our mayor got arrested for drunk driving. And boy, he fought having the video released. It was released yesterday. And how embarrassing. He was threatening the officers, wanted to call the chief of police, said he would remember the officers' names. And oh, how humiliating. Yeah, man is sinful. He does stupid things and then wants to cover it up and act like everything is A-OK. There you go, O'Biden. We'll see what happens. The new house going to tear into him like a, well, you know. Speaking of mayors who have no idea what they're doing, probably criminal, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She's made a decision to block the media and block the public from being able to monitor police scanners. Now, of course, the media is saying it affects reporters' ability to cover local crime and potentially endangers residents in Chicago. In terms of the police scanner traffic, that's not just used by the media. It's actually used by a lot of people in these neighborhoods who listen to it so they know where there's a shooting or high-speed chases, and they can protect themselves and their families not to go into those areas. That was on the 5, I guess, over Friday. Lightfoot announced in mid-December the city would transition toward a use of encrypted radio frequency accessible only to those who have the decryption key. Many, even among the left-leaning loonies, say that the mayor just doesn't want anyone to know what's happening because it ain't good. Just joined us. This is Hello World News Information and Comment, Monday through Friday at this time. It will continue right after this. And Joseph, not wanting to disgrace her, wanted to send her away secretly. Try to remember a time in your life when you felt utterly disappointed. How'd you feel? Did it affect your expectations for the future? Did you get mad? Did you quietly sink back and sulk? Disappointment hurts, doesn't it? It's a painful irony that our level of disappointment is directly proportional to how much we want something to really happen. In this portion of Scripture, Joseph is seen as being extremely disappointed. And why should he not be? He was engaged to a young woman through a legal bond strong enough to require a divorce to end it, and yet she stood before him admitting a pregnancy that she could not fully understand. Isn't that something? Obviously, Joseph was bewildered. He could not understand it either. Being a gentleman, the disappointed Joseph decided to allow her to exit 
the engagement quietly. God called Joseph now to a higher level of acceptance, explaining the supernatural conception. The Lord called upon Joseph to rise up out of those fears and disappointments. Furthermore, God entrusted Joseph with an awesome responsibility, that of parenting the Savior of the world. Wow, that's something to think about. God's only begotten son. How differently this story would have ended if Joseph had refused to lay aside his disappointment. Today, pray that God will enable you to see your initial disappointment to achieve the greater potential that he has in store for you in your life. We all have to deal with disappointments. So what do you think is happening to Elon Musk? He's doing a survey, said he's going to abide by, asking people on Twitter whether he should resign or not. He owns the company. So far, 57% say he should. He says he'll abide by it. Some of his decisions as of late, even he has questioned. What in the world is going on there? My goodness, it's cold in Fort Wayne today. The weather forecast, it's going to get colder. You're kidding. An Arctic blast leading up to Christmas here, going to bring potentially the coldest weather of the season across a wide swath of the United States. About 270 million people in the lower 48 will experience temperatures of 32 degrees or below. About 55 million will see the thermometer dip to zero degrees or below. 16 in Fort Wayne right now. I sure am glad I waited till today to put up the Christmas lights outside. Hello. Some thoughts and living in today's world. So while this is happy time for so many others, this is an awful time of the year. So the couple was married in this park, renewed their vows a couple of years ago right here. And they go to this same place in the park, husband and wife. There they are, holding hands. And the man raises the gun to his chest and kills himself. Another major trouble spot in America. The opioid crisis versus those who really, really need painkillers. What to do, what to do in the new America. It's a problem leaving many among the estimated 20 million Americans who suffer from daily debilitating chronic pain to consider suicide. This is just one story. It happened slowly, the pain caused by a 1980 back fracture, the result of a tractor-trailer crash, crippled more and more of Jay Lawrence's body and his spirit. By 2006, the Tennessee native and Navy vet's arms and legs were going numb. The excruciating pain reduced him to tears, multiple surgeries, chiropractic adjustments, physical therapy, nothing worked. Finally found solace in prescription painkillers, 120 milligrams a day of morphine, high dose, but it, it did dull the pain enough for him to take walks with his wife, do some grocery shopping, even take in some movies. But last February, the pain clinic doctors delivered jarring news. It's coming to America. They were cutting Lawrence's daily dosage from 90 milligrams in short dosages down to 30. The doctor said the reduced dosage was in response to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention out of Atlanta, prescribing 
guidelines released in 2016 as part of that national anti-opioid push. The doctor said, you know, these guidelines are going to become a law eventually, so we've decided as a group here we're going to take all of our patients down now, start dropping them. Lawrence's pain returned with a vengeance, could barely move, sleep, often sorting himself before he could get to the bathroom. It feels like every part of my body's on fire. His wife said she and her husband went to a primary care physician and asked maybe for a referral to another pain clinic. They were told it takes six weeks. That was too much. On the day of his next medical appointment, when his painkiller dosage was to be reduced again, he instead went to a nearby park with his wife, and on the very spot where they renewed their wedding vows just two years earlier, they held hands together, and then he raised the gun, put it to his chest, and killed himself. Lawrence, who was 58 years old, became one of those undetermined number among the nation's 20 million chronic pain sufferers who choose suicide after being cut back or denied prescriptions for opioids. The suicides have motivated many of those who continue to suffer from pain and family members and advocates of those who took their lives to, to call for a reevaluation of that rush to reduce opioid dosages for those who most need them. We have a terrible problem in America. We have people committing suicide for no other reason than being forced to stop their opioids, their pain medications for that chronic pain. It's mass hysteria, and it's witch hunts, said many doctors. This strikes close to home for me. We have family in this very same position. Something to think about today and pray about. For you, maybe? Certainly for others. In China's cities, they say the streets are quiet today, but unlike during the past three years, that isn't because of lockdowns, it's because the pandemic is surging after authorities ended strict restrictions and, well, people are just staying home. There's very little reliable data on the size of the outbreak, but they say it's severe and people are hiding out. Okay. What else is happening? Going to face the music when the imprisoned FTX founder appears in court today in the Bahamas. He'll reverse his attempt to block extradition. That'll bring him back to the United States to a host of fraud charges. Going to be the final week of the 117th Congress before the next gathering takes over January the 3rd. That'll be Republicans. Lawmakers have quietly accomplished a lot, they say, in the last two years, but they still need to raise $1.7 trillion this week to fund the government. Uh-huh. Oh, Hanukkah began last night, runs through next Monday. Of course, Saturday night's Christmas Eve. This Wednesday, the official day of winter. Oh, yeah. Into soccer. Maybe you're on a soccer high today, if you like that stuff. Argentina defeated France. What they say was one of the greatest World Cups ever. I'll take their word for it. The women, they do their thing in the World Cup. In seven months, the dominant U.S. team going for their third straight title. And that begs the question, then, what's wrong with our men in soccer? Well, they say real men don't play soccer. <laughs> what? That old thing looks pretty exhausting to me. Oh, and as a Colts fan, I'm absolutely sick today. Minnesota Vikings staged the biggest comeback in NFL history Saturday against the Indianapolis Colts. Those guys this year are a bunch of losers, aren't they? Who said that? And we think of freedom. 
not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what's right. Wise men still seek him. Wise men and women. Remember, keep a handle on your spending, my Christian friend. Rich people stay rich by acting like they're poor. Poor people stay poor by acting like they're rich. Yep. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Just a quick reminder, if we might, that this is a very good time of the year to share Jesus Christ. I mean, people are open at certain times. I've shared many times how open people are at funerals and emergencies, but here's another joyful time, the celebration of Christmas and an opportunity for you and I to share what Christmas is truly all about. And you know exactly what I'm saying there. The birth of Jesus Christ and the Savior of the world, one of the most important days in the life of mankind, period. So make sure that you do it this year, someplace, sometime, maybe even the Christmas dinner prayer, or you can get in a simple message of salvation. Jesus Christ is not an answer. No, he is the answer. And being saved, being a child of God is a great way to live and a great way to die. Share the news this holiday season. Well, this is going to be closed circuit for all the seniors listening to the program today. And, oh, all right, you younger whippersnappers can listen to, I guess. Okay, time to do a little check of your mind way back when. I used to love Saturday mornings when I was a kid. Yeah, I'd hop out of bed, plant myself in front of the boob tube, and get my weekly fill of well, usually Looney Tunes stuff. Sylvester was fighting the mice. Well, you know how that whole thing went. So here's that memory check thing again. How about the two who checked in and then fought? That was their job every day, fought. Now, I have no problem remembering uh, Bugs Bunny. Yes, Sylvester, Foghorn Leghorn, and Porky Pig. I loved watching those cartoons and eating junk food. Two characters you may not remember quite as well. You will once I start to describe them. Ralph Wolf, remember him? And Sam Sheepdog, you remember him? The day started off like normal, and Ralph and Sam would arrive at the same time. Both wish each other a cordial good morning. Take time, cards, and punch them into the job, and then the mayhem would ensue. Sam was the protector of the sheep every day, and Ralph, he just wants to eat the sheep, all of them, but he never really gets away with anything. Sam had too much brawn and smarts to ever let Ralph accomplish that goal of stealing the sheep. Then the day would end, the work whistle would blow, and Ralph and Sam would leave telling each other good day again. Day after day, same scenario, very routine. It was, well, just ordinary living for these two. You know, each day we have the extraordinary ability to make room for Jesus Christ into our hearts and our lives. But here's the thing. We must intentionally make that room for Christ in our hearts. It is possible that we are so busy amidst the routine of life that we miss the unexpected, unplanned, and extraordinary moments that God may be dropping in our midst maybe today. I want you to think about it. The alarm goes off. 
Time to get up, get started on the day. First, what do we do? Is it the Bible or Facebook? Shower. Get the coffee. Check Facebook. Drop the kids off at school. Go to work. Got that lunch meeting. Check Facebook. You know, this really is my routine, doing news and all the things we read and do for this show. Hey, maybe you're younger. This is your routine. Okay, back to work. Pick up the kids from school, drop off the kids, grab a few groceries, time for supper, check Facebook, help the kids get ready with their homework. Does this sound like your life? If you're younger, it very well may be you. Go through that get ready for bed process with the kids. Tuck them in, collapse into bed, end of day, repeat tomorrow. But what if, what if today? At this very moment, the angels are still shouting. Listen, listen carefully. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. What if right now we can let the good news of Emmanuel, God with us, break up that daily routine and be captured, and we would be captivated by the extraordinary news of the gift of Almighty God to us. Friends, we had a pause now and then, a lot. Look for God at work in the midst of our lives and shine the love and the hope and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ everywhere. And in doing so, may people see the extraordinary light and the love that God has for us this time of year. Well, walk through them all and you'll know what time of year it is. Can we say Merry Christmas this year? Is it still Happy Holidays, Seasons, Greetings? Yeah, those windows tell you what time it is. Stroll through the mall, or maybe here we go to Ship Shawana. The whole town is the season. But it doesn't take too long, and yep, it's Christmas time. You know what's missing in all of this, though? The name of Jesus Christ. The true Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' birth, seems to be diminishing year after year. Christmas is being replaced with a separate and unrelated event, the holiday season. Christians spend time rejoicing in the birth of Jesus. However, the holidays are instead spent rushing frantically from store to store, getting ready to spend your average $932 per person in finding the perfect gifts and subtly hinting at what your loved ones can buy for you. Christmas is the most phenomenal opportunity that a Christian can have all year long for someone to talk about Jesus Christ. During Christmas, the world takes notice of the birth of the Savior, even if they don't realize it. This year, when someone greets you with a, have a great holiday season, make a point to take the opportunity to share what they may have left out. Jesus Christ. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is not what you want to hear. After the baby was dedicated, a four-year-old brother was just crying inconsolably in the back seat of the car after church. What's the matter? asked the concerned mom. The boy replied, Hey, that pastor said he hoped our baby would be raised in a good Christian home. I, I just want her to stay here with you guys. <laughs> okay. Obviously something going on there. That's it. I have it. I have had my say for another day, my friend. 
And come on, were you one of them? Were you one of those that contacted us yesterday? I want to say thanks to all the new folks that have joined us on Hello World and those of you that have come on board on Facebook. Oh, that's easy to do. Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Why not sign up today and be my friend? And that's the way it is. Monday, December 19th, 2022. I'm Greg Patton. God bless. You have a fantastic day.